Let's go back to the magic secret key. Mm -hmm. Applying the magic secret key to your thoughts and feelings consistently neutralizes the negative programming that's coming up. How does it do that? By offering no resistance to what it says. So, for instance, let's say it's a thought. A thought comes along, you're worthless. Now, what most people would do would be in the duality, you've got two different ways of going with it. I can try and convince it that I am worth worthy by saying, but I, I've achieved this and I've done that and these people like me and whatever. And by doing that, what I'm actually saying to it is, you're important, I need to convince you that I'm good enough. Or I could just accept that hypnotic suggestion because that's what it is. It's a hypnotic suggestion as being true. So when it says you're worthless, I just go, yeah, okay, I am. And I take on the identity of someone who's worthless. So it's kind of like, hmm, I, I, this just came to me like the, the hypnosis. We, we all have a hypnosis. We all have a programming, but it, it's something that needs to be perpetuated, something that needs to be uh, revived constantly so and it, correct me if I'm wrong if any parts of this metaphor don't seem like they fit to you but it's kind of like you're programmed from birth and pro programming is a process but with this metaphor we're just gonna uh, we're gonna represent it as like lighting a match to this wood so you have all the all the uh, everything that's prepared in your head to receive the software and the the programming is programmed by lighting that wood. So that wood is in your head. It's a little bit messy so mm -hmm. far, but okay. uh, that you light the match, you light the wood. So you program the software into your computer. But if you don't keep putting wood in the fire, eventually the wood is burnt up, and the fire is extinguished. And the way that you keep putting wood in the fire is by accepting the hypnosis or by by um, resisting it. And the way to neutralize it is by stopping putting wood on the fire. Well, I wouldn't say it was the way to stop it because it's going to happen anyway. So whatever you give your attention to, that's going to hypnotize you. Basically, whatever you give your attention to or whatever or whoever, you're saying to them, give me hypnotic suggestions. That's what you're saying. Program my computer. That's what you're saying to them. So if you focus on what you want, you hypnotize yourself to get what you want. Exactly. If that's why it's so important to focus on what you do want instead of what you don't want. Because mm -hmm. otherwise you're just telling your computer, I don't want this. And it takes it as a hypnotic suggestion. And it just becomes a loop of, I don't want it. I don't want it. And you're still focused on it. Mm -hmm. So again, if you were to show that to the mirror and the mirror would just reflect that back. Okay. You don't want this. Okay. But if you were like, I want this, and then you even take away the want and you just say, I have this, or I start to realize even more every day that I have more and more of this, that's what the mirror is going to reflect back to you. Mm. I start to realize, I, was, I start to realize more and more every day mm -hmm. that I have X, Y, yeah. Z. Well, what, what I used there as well was like conversational hypnosis. So if you ever have a, a suggestion and you want to, uh, like program the opposite into it you can use conversational hypnosis to make the suggestion 
in a certain way, formulate it in a certain way, so your intellect, the part of you that rejects things that it doesn't agree with, it can't really argue with it. So, for instance, like, um, let's say you've got a suggestion that says, I'm, I'm worthless, I'm completely worthless, and you want to change it to, I'm totally worthy. If I say that and I believe that I'm worthless, what's going to happen is I'm going to get a big no in my head and I'll probably get an uncomfortable feeling because that no is going to call up an advisor that's telling me like that's, that doesn't resonate with the true you inside. Of course you're worthy. But by saying no, that's not resonating. Therefore, an advisor will come up an uncomfortable feeling to tell me that, to say that no, it's not resonating with us because of course you're worthy. So... Imagine I just wanted to change it and I just said like, okay, uh, I'm totally worthy, totally worthy of everything. Your intellect will say no to that. So I could start to manipulate the, or not even manipulate, like influence the, the, the suggestion by adding bits to it or taking bits away. So the first thing I'd say is from now on, I'm worthy. I'm totally worthy. Now what that does is your intellect's always like comparing to the past. But when I say from now on, I sort of negate the past. It doesn't matter whatever happened in the past. I'm saying from now on. So that makes it a little bit more difficult for my intellect to come up with a no, even though it could say, well, it sounds nice, but still, I'm still reflecting to the past. I'm not convinced yet. You know what I mean? So then I could use some other kind of words and words like allow, choose, um, those kind of words they give more sort of flexibility to it. So I could say something, let's see if I can make something up. From now on, I choose to recognize that I am worthy. That's a little bit more difficult for your intellect to say no against. It can still say no. It can still say, well, I still, still haven't got any proof of that. You, you could choose, but it can't say a resounding no anymore because... And when I use a word like realize as well, that's something that sort of suggests that it's already happening, but I just haven't become aware of it yet. Mm-hmm. So for your intellect, it's difficult for it to, to, to say like, that's not true. Because that's really what you want to do. You want to create it in such a way that your intellect can't really, you know, uh, disagree with it. You sneak in a sub- suggestion. Well, like one of the, the old definitions of hypnosis is hypnosis is when you um, bypass the critical thinking which is that intellect part to get into the creative thinking and then stimulate that so the old idea was that you create a deep relaxing trance because when your body relaxes your mind relaxes and that critical analytical thinking it gets a little bit more like passive and relaxes and it's a bit more flexible so you can get suggestions in doesn't make doesn't uh, mean to say that they'll stay in there but at least they'll get in the door whereas normally they just get rejected but when you use conversational hypnosis like that, what you're doing is, again, you're bypassing that critical analytical thinking, the critical faculty, it's often called, to come into the creative thinking. So by doing that, I'm saying to it, like, well, from now on, I can, I, from now on, I choose to realize that I have more and more worth every day. So what I've sort of done there, I sort of like, I haven't said that it's true now, but I've said I'm starting to realize or I choose to realize or I allow myself to realize. And by doing that, it makes it more difficult for the critical analytical part to say that's not true because it can't prove that that's not true because I'm saying 
I started to realise, and right. I said from now on as well, so it all compare to the past, and it'll say, but it didn't happen in the past. But I said from now on, and I said, I'll choose, I choose to realise, or I choose to allow, or something like that. And with these suggestions, it's good to play around with them a bit and notice which one works for you, you know. Have a little bit of a, like a brainstorm and try a few different things out. Think of it like a buffet, you know, you want to make your own meal. You try a few different things out and the things that resonate and the things that taste good, you put them on your plate and the rest you leave. So you want to get to the point where you can say some kind of suggestion like that. And now the intellect can't really argue with it. And is this something that you would uh, just repeat throughout the day? Well, you could do, that's one way, or you could do like a, a typical like self-hypnosis trance where you create like a nice little deeply relaxed state for yourself and you could give yourself these suggestions before you go into this deeply relaxed state. That would probably be the optimal way to do it. But because they're written in conversational hypnosis, you don't really need the trance. The trance would just be like an extra, like hyping it up, like, you know, mm. like a booster in it and giving it extra turbo power. Because what you're actually saying to your subconscious is, these suggestions are so important to me that I'm going to take 10 minutes out of my day to consciously relax my body, relax my critical analytical thinking, and basically I'm going to deliver them to you personally and say that's how important they are to me. And why why the trance after and not before? Because before you were saying uh, in, in hypnosis, typically they would go into a trance to sort of, uh, relax the critical analytical mind but you're saying do, make the suggestions and then go into entrance that's a great question and one of the reasons for that is that most people don't realize that you can give yourself the suggestions first if you are very clear about the intention of why you're going into the trance so the idea is this, is that like this is how people used to do it in the old days and probably still people do it like this. And if you do self-hypnosis long enough, you can also do it like this. It's just a lot harder this way. So the idea is that you create this nice, deeply relaxing trance and that analytical part of your brain sort of sleeps or it's just over there now. It's not like you're not in the stream of thinking anymore. It's almost like you've stepped out the stream of thinking and now you're in a neutral position. And in that neutral position, then you can accept these suggestions more because you're neutral. There's no yes or no, it's just, okay, this is a new suggestion. So the idea is then that you create the trance and then when you're in the trance, you give yourself those suggestions. But that's difficult to do because you it's easy then to activate the analytical part of your mind because you're trying to give yourself the suggestions while you're in the trance. You can do it, you can learn how to do it, it's not that difficult. But what most people don't realise is that you can utilise the critical analytical thinking to become part of the whole process. And instead of trying to get rid of it, you say to it, come, this is your job in the beginning. And you'll say something like this. I'm now going into this hypnotic trance to give myself these important hypnotic suggestions. And then you'll give yourself the suggestions and then you'll finish off with something like, and while I'm in this trance, my deeper intelligence will make the correct adjustments so that these suggestions happen easily, naturally, and fully automatically. Thanks very much, deeper self, deeper ick, or deeper I. Just say something like that. And then you do the trance. Because the funny thing is, is that when you go to sleep, that's what happens. That's what sleep is. Sleep is you're going into a deep trance because information is being fed into your computer in the daytime. 
and your subconscious needs to like sort it all out and put it into some kind of you know uh, maybe some processes maybe you've learned some stuff it wants to make some automatic programs of the things you've learned and stuff like that so that's why you go into the trance because basically you're saying to the subconscious i'll shut down all the things i don't really need and i'll give you more re more like room to be able to like you know work and, and do your things and integrate stuff and stuff like that so it's like that but then you're doing it as a trance kind of thing so you don't have to go into sleep you're just saying to the subconscious and that's why it's so important to say these important hypnotic suggestions because what you're saying to it is these are so important i'm not even going to go to sleep i want them in there right now and i'm going to deliver to them them to you personally as well first and as long as you make it very very clear in fact probably you could probably say them without saying that and then go into a trance and that would work as well because your subconscious is not stupid it would realize that like oh this is important this is part of of the whole thing but to because that kind of self-hypnosis it's it's about communication with yourself so the clearer that you communicate to yourself what your intention is the better so whenever i've taught people how to do that that's what i'll say to them that's what you say at the start also a great hypnotic suggestion when you first start off is so you say like i'm now going into this hypnotic trance to give myself these important hypnotic suggestions and every time that I go into trance, I go in much easier, much quicker, much deeper than the time before. That's a hypnotic suggestion. So every time you do it now, that's going in as a suggestion. Because that would happen anyway, but now you're suggesting it as well. So you're, you're turbocharging it up and then you give yourself the suggestions and then you, you, you finish off with that other little bit, what I said. And then basically what you're doing is you're just creating a nice big open space for your subconscious to take those suggestions and just integrate them in the best way for you. The beauty of the conversational hypnosis ones as well is because you don't need to do that trance. Like I said, it's just like a turbo charge, but you could just have them through the day and you could just repeat that every now and again to yourself or, you know, say it a few times after each other and notice how it feels in your body. Because that's another way to do it, because like I said in the beginning, if you have the, um, let's say you're, you, you think you're worthless and you're saying, I'm totally worthy, the body will respond with an uncomfortable feeling if you think, no, that's not true. So that would be your sign as to reprogram the set suggestion, because your body's saying, well, we've got programming in here, or there's programming in here, doesn't agree with that, there's resistance here. So what you're doing with the conversational hypnosis, like suggestions, is you're formulating it so there's no resistance whatsoever. And that way it'll just go straight in. Beautiful. So we have two two methods right now to start reprogramming the the program, the the contents of your subconscious. Yeah, the the program, the the, the hypnosis basically, and it's the condition in the programming that's in there in the computer. Yeah. You want it to be like, basically you want it to line up with what your heart wants, because that's the real you. And how do you know what your heart wants? Just listen. Your heart will tell you when it feels good, when it resonates with you, when you feel joy, happiness, ease, lightness, that's your heart saying, yep, yeah, this resonates with us. And when you feel like unrest and, or, you know, like pressure and stress and all this, it's saying, no, not so much. And how do we differentiate between the pressure and stress, which would, from what you're saying, represent a not-so-much message from your heart mm -hmm. 
and when you just want to apply self-discipline towards something that you do want. Well, connect with your advisors, because remember that stress mm. and that unrest and that they're just your advisors coming up trying to tell you stuff. You don't listen to them. You're going to miss out on the insights. Just listen to them. What are they saying? Because a lot of times, like, you know, like a lot of feelings, they have a basic sort of message. So, for instance, um, sadness is saying basically we've lost something that was very important to us or someone. That's basically what it's saying. Anger is saying whatever's going on right now in your perception, that's not fair. So stress would say you're taking on too much. Stop doing that. Frustration's a classic. Frustration's telling you, whatever you're doing there now, stop doing that because it's not working for us. And what do most people do? They just carry on doing it. They get even more and more frustrated because the advisor's getting more and more stronger. It's coming up saying, stop doing what you're doing. It's not working for us. Either adjust it or start doing something else. When you say adjust it, what do you mean? Well, just think about what you're doing. I'll give you a classic example. What I often have on my uh, <laughs> from one of my advisors it's like I might be working on the computer and I've got some great idea. Maybe I'm going to work on a page from a website or whatever. I've got some great idea of like uh, how to, a new metaphor that I want to use or whatever. And I want to write it down. But the Wi-Fi in my house is not so good. So I'm trying to write it down, but the Wi-Fi is not connecting. So the spell check is not correcting and stuff like that. And I'm terrible at spelling. So that's like a real disaster for me. And I'm looking at it, getting all frustrated, going, oh, come on, spell checker. I need to correct all these words. And I'm just getting more and more frustrated. I'm going, stupid Wi-Fi, you know what I mean? And I'm resisting what is. And my advisor comes up, the frustration and says to me, I'm getting frustrated about this. It's telling me, stop doing that. What you're doing, what you're thinking now, mm. the definition you're giving it, stop because it's not resonating with us. But I'll go on for like a while, go, oh, yeah, but I need to write it now. And then suddenly I'll listen to my advisor and I'll say, you know what, you're right. So what could I do now to change this? And I think, well, I can't really do anything about the Wi-Fi. I know from experience that after 20 minutes and that, it normally goes back to normal and then it's just I can use it again. So then I think to myself, well, okay, what can I do for like the next 20 minutes, half an hour that's got nothing to do with the computer but needs doing or would be helpful to me or something like that? There's always something you can do. And I'll go and do that. And suddenly I feel great again because I listened to my advisor. My advisor told me, stop doing that, what you're doing. Stop thinking like, you know, the Wi-Fi has to work for me now and not like, I want to write something now. So Wi-Fi, you should be working for me. And like, you know, why is life being so cruel to mm. me and stuff? Why, why, why are the fucking trees green? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. It's crazy, For isn't it? Wouldn't it be nice if they were all purple? Exactly. And the advisor's telling me, stop doing that. It's not working for us. And when I don't listen, it gets more, it gets stronger because it's like, you're not listening, are you? So I'm going to have to get stronger now. And when I do listen, suddenly it just disappears as if it never was there because it says to me, thanks very much, you listened to me. And you changed and now my work's done have a nice day it's almost like life is trying to teach us to accept what is and it's like in in psychology they have something called operant conditioning which means you can use this with people or it's used with dogs as well when you have a, a new dog and you want to train your dog you reward good behavior with a reward and you uh you you place a deterrent some kind of punishment to deter 
uh, bad behavior. And it's almost like life is using, using operant conditioning to reward us when we accept what is. And I don't want to use the, the word punish, but sort of does what it can to show us that resisting is futile and resisting isn't wise. So we are rewarded when we accept just what is, even if it's not something that we want to happen, even if we want, we're like, fuck, I want to write this metaphor, I want to get my, my spell check done, and like, the fucking Wi-Fi is not working, <laughs> like, how, what do you mean accept that? Why, why would the Wi-Fi not have to be working? Wouldn't the universe be totally fine if my fucking Wi-Fi worked, <laughs> you know? And it's like, yeah, but the universe would also be fine if, uh, like, right now there's uh, four plants I can see, or five plants I can see in your room, Universe would be fine if there were four plants or nine plants. It'd be totally fine too. Yeah, because there's no meaning. I gave it the meaning. The thinking in my in my in my uh, mind gave it the meaning of like this is against me. And my advisor came up and told me, "Stop thinking that. That's not true." It could also be the other way around. The universe might be, well, I don't want you to do that at the moment because I want you to do this because this is more important. So I'm going to, I'm going to make sure that that Wi-Fi doesn't work for 20 minutes because I want you to get another idea to do something else because that's going to be better for you. But when do you know when like life is guiding you or life is kind of testing your ability to accept? Well, it's always testing your ability to accept or to resist always at every moment, at every day every week every month every year and why is it testing why not (laughs) (laughs) because again there's no meaning there's no meaning to it it's just a game basically that's what what we said before is that once you start to realize that you are the state of happiness and that then the character that you're playing just becomes playful it doesn't matter anymore in that sense. It's just it's just having fun. It's just playing. I'm like unlimited potential, pretending that I'm limited. I'm playing that game. It's kind of like, it's a game called acceptance. And we're playing the game. And the end result is like, you play the game, you go through loads of different things and you try and accept stuff. That's all you have to do in the, in the, in the game. All you have to do is just accept. <laughs> And sometimes it's harder than others, so you can't, and like, you're at level one, and you're like, okay, now I can accept all these things. Go to level two, and you can only really accept half of those things. And then finally, you can accept all of them, you go to level three, etc. And uh, it's only like, sort of like, hmm, yeah, during the game, you, you realize, okay, so this game is about just accepting. Doesn't mean it's easy to then accept everything because like you keep progressing onto further and further levels right exactly. keep being tested more and more so and you're rewarded with with more challenging levels the more you understand and apply the principles that get you further in the game so it seems yeah mm. and what's, it's what's coming next yeah, that's like, when you know that you're like thinking shit what's going on yeah. it's like do i want to go further yeah, that's it. Like, you know what I mean? But life says, like, you know, there's no meaning to it. So even to say that, you know, if we say, you know, it's just a game, whatever, we just gave it a meaning when really there is no meaning. Mm. It told you, like, you couldn't give it any meaning you want. Which one resonates with you inside? Which one resonates with your true being of pure happiness? And it's that people often get stuck on this idea of the acceptance as well. So a typical thing, what you'll hear from people, it's a great, it's a great thing to, to, to challenge this because 
this is so important, this point, this is where people sort of lose the recognition of this insight, is they say, well, you know, okay, so you want me to just accept everything? So what happens if, like, someone comes up and starts, like, fucking punching me in the face and all that? I'm just going to say, oh, you just accept it. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, that's not what's being suggested. That's the ego's idea of acceptance. If we go back to what the definition is of unconditional love, unconditional love is just the recognition of what's going on. That's it. That's pure acceptance. So think of it like the TV screen again. The TV screen accepts every single image that comes on it without judgment. So there might be a picture of a baby coming on it. The TV screen says, yep, you're allowed to be here. It might be a, a nature film comes on, the TV screen says, yep, you're allowed to be here. And then maybe a documentary comes on of like pure war and people are getting killed and maimed and everything. The TV screen says, yep, you're allowed to be here. It doesn't judge. It's only the person that's watching the TV screen. That's the one that judges. That's the one that says, that picture of the baby, oh, cute, that's nice, I like it. Oh, the nature film, that's cool, isn't it? Oh, but that, you know, that war film, I don't like that. You're not allowed to be here, war film. I'm going to turn you off. Whereas the screen comes first. Because if the screen doesn't show the picture first, then the, the, the person watching the screen, they can't make any kind of judgment about it. So conditional love, which is recognition plus uh, judgment, that always comes as a second place. First is always pure recognition without judgment. And then something can be judged. You can't judge something if you don't know what it is. So first of all, you've got to know what it is and then it can be judged. And that knowing what it is, that pure recognition is the unconditional love. And the second part is the recognition plus the judgment. So in a way we're actually, and correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, we're actually applying an unconditional love at all times because you must judge to apply conditional love and you recognize before you judge you have to recognize and then judge and the judgment maybe is very 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 quick but it does come after the recognition exactly well <laughs> which boils that back down to the and it gives the realization that you are the unconditional love that's what you truly are on the deepest level going back into that state of happiness what is happiness experience without resistance to what is pure recognition another way to say pure recognition is unconditional love so that's what you are on the deepest level and there after that comes a judgment and then we often associate with the judger and think that's me or argue with the judger going oh you're not right and that like with the screen argue if a picture came up and said hey screen you're not good enough on that the screen would just be like oh this is like yeah you're allowed to say that say whatever you want I don't judge you. So that goes back to what I was saying before. If you keep staying in the recognition that you are the unconditional law, you are the pure recognition of what's going on, you are the awareness of what's going on, you just stay in that all the time. All the rest sort of just falls away as being unimportant. It can be important in certain moments and certain times in your life, you know, if you're going to cross the road, of course it's important that you cross the road right, otherwise your body's going to get run over, it's going to cause all pain. At the same time, you can recognise, oh, 
I'm recognizing now that like the judging part of me is like evaluating whether I can cross the road and I think I'm this body, but I'm not really because the body's happening in me and I'm not happening in the body. So, you know, that's just what's going on. And that's okay. Going back to the magic secret key, that's okay. So going back to my example, where you're getting punched in the face by someone, unconditional love would say, it's recognized now that I'm getting punched in the face by someone. And then a thought would come, but I don't like that. I want to punch that cunt back in the face. And you'd be like, now that's being recognized. And then maybe you do that. Maybe the body defends itself. And then you'd be like, oh, I punched him in the face there. Now that's being recognized. Oh, now they're going to try and punch me back in the face. That's being recognized. That's the acceptance, what we're talking about. It's not accepting someone's behavior as being good or bad. It's just recognizing whatever's going on. Even if your intellect's saying, I don't accept this, then when you recognize that, then you are accepting the fact that the intellect doesn't accept what's going on at that moment. And that's what we're really talking about.